welcome. Seven minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, listen, uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, including uh, the Koch brothers uh, backing away from Nikki Haley. Uh, we've got some either-or questions. Uh, we'll talk about uh, these uh, Georgia prosecutors, because uh, there's some new data coming up on that that uh, some people are going to find, um, well challenging for the prosecution so we'll get to that we'll talk about the chips act because there's something about it that confuses me probably you too if you thought about it uh and that's just the tip of the iceberg for today just the tip of the iceberg it um it starts with some either or i am curious got the big election coming up there is uh concern that joe biden is going to Pull the rug out uh, at the last minute and not run. It makes sense. His numbers are in the tank, and it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a hard push to um, to to turn that around. One of the reasons uh, that you know you can run around saying the economy is great, but it really is not, and people see it every time they go to the grocery store. There's. Uh, you know, a problem of food just not getting less expensive. And there are some other, I think, bumps in the economy coming down the road. And I've talked about them uh, seemingly forever. But if you had a choice, Newsom or Biden, who would you rather have be the Democrat nominee? Newsom or Biden? Lightning survey, ladies and gentlemen. The call doesn't count as your call of the day. You can call in, give me your answer, and then uh, later on, if a topic trips your trigger and you want to call on it, you are welcome to do so. The one call a day rule doesn't apply to a lightning survey. Newsom or Biden, who would you rather the Democrat nominee be? In fact, uh, you know, we could, uh, we could run down a, a small list that would, uh, <laughs> that would include... Michelle Obama. Yeah, let's do that. Let's add to the list. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. Who would you rather the Democrats have for a nominee? Michelle Obama, Newsom, Biden. And you can also reach me at GaryNolan.com. Otherwise, 874-9390 if you're local. 800-529-5572 if you're not. So let's kick it off. Leroy, good morning. Speaking from my heart, Biden. You would rather it be Biden than Newsom? That's right. I would uh, be shooting fish in a barrel. All right. And what about uh, uh, Michelle Obama or Newsom? I'll tell you, I think that, that throws a kink in things, but... Uh, I, I think we're going to be better off if Biden stays in. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure the Republicans will be thrilled with that. But if it's going to be a choice between Michelle Obama and, and Newsom. I'd take Newsom. You'd take Newsom. All right, yeah. Leroy, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Darren, good morning. Good morning. All right. It's, uh, you know, coming down to the wire here and it's going to be Newsom, Biden or Obama, Michelle. Which, which would you rather it be? What what would be the order? Um, I would be Newsom, 
Biden and Obama. So you'd rather be Newsom over Biden. That's interesting. Yep. I just think that he's uh, he's the more beatable candidate. If we're if we're speaking from a candidate's perspective, um, if we're talking presidential, I don't know. It's like picking fruit out of a rotten barrel. I just don't think any of them are worth it. I'm picking fruit over oh. Rotten Barrel. All right. Darren, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Gary, good morning. Newsom, Michelle Obama, or Biden? What? What's the order for you? If you're a Republican, you want Biden. And if you're a Democrat, you would probably want Obama. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right, So, it, but Newsom doesn't... Uh, well, he, he's not much better than Biden, but, you know, if you want somebody you can beat, you pick Biden. All right. Gary, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Interesting. Um, hmm. I, you know, if the Democrats are paying attention to this, this is, this is uh, probably giving them a, a tip on which way to go. Uh, let's see. Okay, no, we'll go do that later. Let me go to the phones and get Jim on the line. Jim, Michelle Obama, Newsom, Biden. Neither. The amazing Mr. Ed. Yeah, well, the Democrats are going to field somebody. Which of those three would you prefer they field? Oh, I, I don't care. I think Trump would be to any of them. Boy, that's uh, confidence. Okay, I'll pick one. I'll, I'll pick uh, Biden. You'll pick Biden. All right. Jim, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I think politically, Biden is the most vulnerable. Every time he's in public, every every step he takes tells the country he is not presidential material. Every time he opens his mouth, he he proves that he is not presidential material. So I think it's better, if for the Republicans anyway, if the Democrats run Biden. Which is why I think somehow I just... And they keep denying it, but I just can't help but think they're, they're McCaskilling us and that they're going to drop Biden at the last minute. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how Michelle would do. She is not... Uh, she has not held office. She has no executive uh, uh, background that, that she can sell to the American public. Governors can. Legislators can at least suggest they can. She doesn't have that background. Donald Trump didn't either, but he, I think, had more... I don't know. His timing was right, and he's more forceful than her. And I, I think I think it's not likely to be her. But Newsom, by the way, did you hear what Newsom said? Brian, did you hear what Newsom said about Biden? He was as, as successful as he was because of his age? Is that right? Yeah. Who, wow. Who, who would have thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? That was a, that's the advantage? Every time a Democrat speaks of Joe Biden and his health and his uh, cognitive abilities, it's like, oh, he's sharp as a tack. He's fine. He's perfect. <laughs> Sharp as a beach ball. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was just curious to see, uh, but now I've got another question for you. And it'll be another um, lightning survey. Suppose Donald Trump K. 
can't, for some reason, run. And I'm not going to speculate. It could be any reason. It could be a variety of reasons. But for, for some reason, Donald Trump can't run. Would it? Who would your choice be? Would it be DeSantis, uh, R- Ramaswamy, uh, Nikki Haley? What would your order be? What would your preferred order be? 874-9390-800-529-5572. That's the end of the lightning surveys. When we get through with this segment, uh, then we're going to talk about the Koch brothers and Nikki Haley because uh, they're not going to back her anymore. And some questions about the CHIPS Act that I just don't get. Donald Trump, if he can't make it, who would you rather be the nominee? Nikki Haley? Vivek Ramaswamy? Who? Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. 19 minutes after 9 o'clock, and uh, Clarence Darrow famously said that when I was a boy, I was told that anybody could become president. I'm beginning to believe it. Uh, So (laughs) this is a bizarre race. And I'm looking at all the possibilities, and so we're going to do one more quick lightning survey. Again, it doesn't count as your call of the day. And this one deals with the Republicans. If for some reason Donald Trump can't run, and I'm not speculating why, there are a variety of things that could happen that prevent him from running. Who would you rather they pick uh, to be the nominee of the party? Uh, Would you uh, want Ramaswamy? would you want Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis? Who would you who would you prefer be the nominee if Trump can't run? 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. I'll go through this very quickly, and then we've got some other uh, topics I want to hit. James, who would you rather the, the uh, nominee be if not Trump? Uh, make America Florida DeSantis. He was my horse in the race before he dropped out, and and I I think if something happens to Trump where he can't be the nominee, he'll be drafted at the convention because Trump people will go to him and they won't go to Nikki Haley. You don't think there's a lot of animosity with Trump people and and uh, DeSantis because DeSantis, you know, challenged him. I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Trump holds grudges. I mean, I don't know. I I would think he would be the better choice. I mean, Ramasamy, whatever his name is, he's to me he's not a viable candidate. But uh, but yeah, that's my pick, DeSantis. That's who I wanted. Although back in '16, I wanted Ted Cruz too. I wish he was finishing <laughs> his second term. But uh, that's water under the bridge. All right, James. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Roy. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. I see Trump as an anti-uniparty candidate, if that makes sense. Yeah, if Trump and, can't run, though, who exactly. would you rather? That's why the closest thing to him that's left would be Ramaswamy. I mean, DeSantis was the strongest Republican left, and he got eaten by the, by the establishment Republicans. Ramaswamy. All right. Roy, thank you. I don't think he got eaten by the establishment Republicans. I think he got eaten uh, by Trump. Nick is next. Nick, your choice. Hey, how you doing, Gary? Listen, I would say the most electable of these three that I mentioned. First of all, I, I love Asa Hutchinson. He actually a former... Nick, uh, Nick, 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 Nick. On, on topic, which of those three? Oh, okay. Well, see, well, I would say Mike Pence, except... Well, see, the thing of it is... Goodbye, Nick. Uh... 
I, I don't know what the hell's the matter with Nick, but Gary, good morning. <laughs> Unfortunately, Haley, because I think uh, she's the only one that's electable. I think 90% chance Trump gets beat, and uh, she'll build the wall. In fact, any of the eight that debated would build a wall. That's not a genius thing. It's uh, She's the only one Republican that can be elected because her stance on abortion. If she decides, Nick, if she decides to go third party, and apparently no labels is interested in her, would you vote for her over Trump? Mm, There's other choices. I'm just saying she's electable. I I have a little secret, just so you know, whoever's in there, it's not going to deal with Ukraine after the election because... We're gonna if it's a Democrat or Republican, we're gonna be in a position of austerity, Gary, with thirty seven trillion by the time they sit down. Thirty seven trillion in debt. So uh we just can't afford we can't afford any infrastructure, we can't afford nothing, Gary. You know what? So, uh, I'm excited that you are on that topic. I want people to know and think about that debt every day. When they go to vote, I want that to be top of mind. I appreciate you bringing that up. Gary, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Mac, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for taking my call. So, uh, the Republican pecking order, if not Trump, then? I say Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, if if he's able to, well, first off, I think... He has a lot of innovative ideas, and he's like right on, 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 on point whenever he comes to like changing and reform and stuff like that. And then he, Trump's going to need somebody to help bail him out after all these debacle uh, lawsuits that he's going to be crappy lawsuits that he's going to be facing. All right, Vivek Ramaswamy, Mac, thank you, appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, Jim. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, Greg Abbott, but if he doesn't uh, want it, then uh, Vivek. Yeah, I don't think Abbott's going to do it. He's uh, sitting comfortable as the uh, governor of Texas. I don't think he's going to give well, that you up. You may be right, but I think he's a better choice than DeSantis. You don't, uh, you don't like DeSantis? Nope, he's part of the problem. All right. He's, he's connected to the Bushes. All right, Jim, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Republicans are starting to have a little bit of a problem here. If if uh, if Trump falls through the cracks, let's see. Hey, Gary, if I can pick anyone, choose. I would pick Rand Paul. Yeah, that he's not on the list. I would too, James. If 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 Rand Paul ran again and actually got the nominee uh, nomination, I would vote Republican. Uh, in that case, just saying, he's the closest thing to a libertarian. Uh, Nikki Haley has been running on money from the Koch brothers. Well, Koch brother, I guess. And the Koch network is not going to fund her anymore. However, uh, the folks over at No Labels, they're interested in her. Their national director was on Fox News on Sunday, said they would definitely be interested in giving Nikki Haley a platform to run 
as a third-party presidential candidate. Wall Street Journal says that she should keep running. She should stay in the race. You know, if somebody wants to run, I don't think we should be stopping them. And that includes Nikki Haley. If she wants to run, she should be allowed to run. We shouldn't chastise her or yell at her, scream at her, complain about her. She's running because she believes she's the person for the job. I don't happen to think so. She's the last person on earth I'd vote for. Well, maybe not last, but close to last. But I, and, and, and by the way, you know, we're talking about presidential candidates. I'm going to have a libertarian candidate on the program this week. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get a libertarian on. Um, in fact, I'm working on it right now trying to get somebody that uh, maybe if, if uh, the cards line up, I'll have a libertarian, a leading libertarian presidential candidate on the program today. I think the libertarian, you know, everybody's talking about these third parties. You know, the no labels party is not on in 49 or 50 states. The Green Party is not on in as many states as the Libertarian Party. Uh, the, uh, the, they are the leading third party uh, political, uh, you know, the, 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 they've got more people in office than all the other third parties combined. And they generally make all or almost all of the states uh, for election purposes. And I think you'll like what they have to say. So uh, I will bring him on. Anyway, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. We keep hearing about the CHIPS Act. Democrats and Republicans pushing this CHIPS Act. And here's here, I guess, is the logic. If China invades Taiwan and Taiwan is the major chip maker, then we're in trouble. So we're taking your tax dollars, in spite of the fact that we're $34 trillion plus in debt. And we're giving it to chip manufacturers to open up plants here in the United States. Well, if these chips are so much in demand, why are we subsidizing this? Don't you think that Intel has enough money to build a plant in the United States? Don't you think these chip makers whose product are in such demand can afford to build a plant here without your tax dollars? I'm confused by this. Uh, Reason Magazine has a, a great piece on this. The Commerce Secretary says more chip subsidies are needed. The Biden administration hasn't even distributed $52 billion, uh, and, and they don't even, we don't even know uh, how effective uh, the, 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 uh, they have distributed, rather. Uh, that $52 billion is. We, we don't know how effective that is. Why are we giving chip manufacturers whose product is in great demand your tax dollars to expand. And why is anybody taking credit for this? I'm confused by it. Computing demands of artificial intelligence um, require these chips, your car, your phone, your computer. Everybody is using these chips. Why are we subsidizing this? We'll kick that around a little bit next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 935. Glad to have you with us. So we're giving all of this money to um, the tech companies to make chips in the United States that everybody argues are in high demand. The argument is that if China goes into Taiwan, uh, we're going to have to, you know, make chips here. And so we're taking your tax dollars and giving that money to these chip makers because it's in high demand. And it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I saw this piece in Reason Magazine, and so I, I thought I would share their logic. They said, think about it in any other context than semiconductors. Imagine there was a new technology that ran on potatoes, and suddenly there was skyrocketing demand for potatoes. Would that require a massive government subsidy program to produce more potatoes? Or would farmers suddenly have a huge incentive, independent of any government program, to grow the potatoes? Uh, they, you know, these people are, they got a lot of money and a lot is at stake. And if they think that their chip manufacturing is in danger because of where it's located, then they have to make the decision and use their resources to build a chip factory here. Not yours, theirs. This government intervention, this, you know, shot of your money is, is not necessary. I, I, hazard, I, I hazard a guess that uh, somewhere along the line, uh, the chip makers have outsmarted Congress. Just taking a stab at it. Uh, Rick is on in Hallsville. Rick, good morning. Good morning. And, you know, Gary, as much as I'm against the government doing that, uh, if we was to have one of those pulse attacks on America that destroyed all these electronics, it would be good if we had these factories of ours here to restart the process here rather than starting from scratch. And this is one of the best ideas of the bad ideas that Congress or whoever in D.C. has. But we need that technology built here. And uh, Rick, I I strongly disagree because Intel is a multi-billion dollar corporation. They can afford to do this on their own. Why should you have to pay for it? Well, they're enticing them to come back to America, just like the Donald marketplace Trump. will entice them. The marketplace is all the motivation they need. They're out of business if they don't find some alternatives. Let them invest in those alternatives. Not well, if you. we came to a big war, I would want that technology here well, and not I available to those overseas. I think it would be available here without those subsidies. I think they've outsmarted Congress. They've even convinced you that without your dollars, they can't make this move. They can. 
All right, Rick, we're going to have to agree to disagree, buddy, but I think that uh, Intel can afford, well afford on its own, to make those chips here without your, your uh, giving up part of your salary. Thank you, sir. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Brian, does it, can you think, does it make sense to you at all? Uh, what you said, yes, it did. Everything. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Pretty much. It's a multi-billion dollar corporation. If there, if there is a, a threat to their uh, manufacturing because of where their plant is located, then it's up to them to make the investment, to move things here. And they can do it without taking part of your pay. But we've been convinced for a hundred years that if the government doesn't do something, it won't get done. If the government doesn't provide health care, you won't be able to get it. If the government doesn't monitor anything, whatever you can think of, your food, your medicine, then it, it doesn't get done. If the government doesn't provide education, it doesn't get done. If the government doesn't take millions of your dollars and give it to these chip makers to build plants here, it doesn't get done. I would argue that is just plain brainwashed. When has government done anything right? <laughs> there's some crickets I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm thinking there's, there's going to be some dead air here. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't. When have they done anything right? I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's something. Let me go to the phones here. Robert's on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Um, since they're investing my money in these companies, do I get a dividend? No. No, no, Why no. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's my money, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, they're not going to give you shares in the corporation unless you directly well, buy into it. I'm indirectly buying in. Yeah, that doesn't you know, count. If, if they would put something like that in a bill or something, you know, you make X amount of profits, you have to pay back. You know, but you know that's never going to happen. Correct. They're Thirty-four just... trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's your ch people should be. They're using more. Oh. They're paying more money to service the debt than our national defense. That's yes. crazy. Uh, uh, is it? Is it? They don't under. They aren't teaching people economics anymore to understand what's happening. Because you know, I can write checks, but if I don't have the money, guess what? Well, yeah, you don't have the opportunity to print the money to put in the checking account. <laughs> so you well, I tried that once, but no, no, no. didn't work out so no. well. No, oh but, lord! Yeah, All right. no, they shouldn't subsidize them. Like you said, free market. If it's profitable, they'll do it. Robert, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the, on the Gary Nolan show. <laughs> I tried it himself. It didn't work out too well. Oh, boy. 874-9390-800-529-5572. We're just brainwashed into believing the government has to do everything. And they don't. The marketplace will do everything. And you know the beauty of the marketplace doing it is they can turn on a dime. The ship of state moves very slowly. Not the marketplace. All right. Uh, boy, what a waste of money. What a horrible, horrible waste of money. What, 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 you're, you're, okay, Brian is uh, telling me he's going to a commercial break. So 
We'll do that. It's the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 9448. Last week, uh, by the way, just so you know, we're more than a third of the way through uh, to, th- to the uh, next trillion dollars in debt. We're at $34,345,000,000. So, um, in what has it been, a month and a half? I mean, we're sailing into debt. Uh, more, than, uh, more than a third of the way toward uh, $35 trillion. Just saying. Uh, so, last week, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, I literally blew a fuse over college loan forgiveness that Biden has been pushing. In fact, uh, poor Brian, he got a mouthful when it popped across the desk. <laughs> I, I was, there are words I don't ordinarily use, and I used them. And I'm not kidding. I was that angry. I am that angry about this. So far, the Biden administration has spent $136 billion on college loan forgiveness. And he was bragging about circumventing the Supreme Court. He said, I promised we'd help eliminate accumulated student debt that millions of Americans carried during the economic pandemic. He makes it sound as though somebody threw this debt on them, as though somebody else was responsible for them being in debt, completely ignoring the fact that they signed a deal and that they're responsible not only for being in debt, but for getting out of debt. He said, the Supreme Court of the United States blocked me, but they didn't stop me. And he said he found another way to continue canceling student debt. But here's what really frosted my buns. He said it wasn't costing people anything. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He actually seemed to suggest that spending all that money paying off debt it's not costing you a thing. That's amazing. The money just comes out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, well, apparently, well, he says he's got another $25 billion a year in the pipeline. Um, and that the student debt forgiveness not only grows the economy, but it's not costing people anything. <laughs> what oh, do you... man. <laughs> it's hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, it's it's growing. Well, isn't this a little bit like that steaming pile of Pelosi line about uh, welfare? How it you, yes. know, you spend a dollar here, you get two dollars back. I, I don't know where he you know you know how they calculate this, but he uh, in in August of 2022 he had he had uh, plans to forgive up to twenty thousand dollars in student debt per person for about forty million borrowers. Uh, and the White House said that cancellation scheme would cost $24 billion a year, $240 billion over a 10-year period. Penn Wharton didn't see it that way. Um, they put the figure at between $330 and $500 billion. <laughs> but that's okay, uh, because somehow this is going to be good for the economy. They, the only way you could possibly calculate this... And, and and conclude that it was good for the economy if you ignored the fact that you have to pay the money back. Which is um, 
kind of peculiar. Um, that would be like saying, if I went out and bounced a lot of checks and spent the money, it would be good for the economy. Sounds Never like mind. something Paul Krugman would have said. Yeah, it, it is. It's right up his alley, <laughs> right up his something. Um, so th that's essentially what they're saying. Or if I ran up this huge credit card debt and didn't pay it back, it would be good for the economy. So, you know, contact MasterCard and American Express and tell them you're helping the economy and that's why you're not paying back the money you owe. Because they're the same thing. Brian, maybe you could get like some Congressional Medal of Honor for... <laughs> For helping stimulate the economy yes. by running up your credit card debt and then not paying it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear that conversation, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just tap right into that. Well, Mr. Hanson, you, you're past due by three months here, and you owe over $600. Oh, well, I'm helping the economy. Yeah. yeah so you should just ignore it. Yeah. Uh, my car payments? No. No, I'm not making those anymore. I'd rather spend that money and help the economy. And the same is true with my mortgage payment. And don't worry, the president will step in and he'll make the problem go away. Oh, how could you be a Democrat? How could you possibly They be justify a everything stupid. It's Baffling. just incredible. The debt per person right now is $262,582. That's per person. That means every man, woman, and child, infants included. And I don't know where those infants are going to make that kind of money, but, boy, you better put them out to work soon. Um, well, that's the taxpayer. That's per taxpayer. I'm sorry. Uh, per citizen, it's $102,000. That's, that's where your kids have to go to work. $102,000 in debt the moment they're born. Yep, government. They're good. They got to do everything. Unbelievable. Free speech is in front of the Supreme Court. We're going to kick this around and, and probably uh, in greater detail in the next hour. But Florida uh, has written a law, a law that bans social media platforms from removing the accounts of political candidates or suppressing posts by or about them. Platforms also can't, quote, uh, take any action to censor, deplatform, or shadow ban a journalistic enterprise based on the content of its publication or broadcast. And they have to apply their standards in a consistent manner among their users. Down in Texas, the law that uh, they've written bars platforms from making editorial decisions based on the viewpoint of a user's expression, which isn't by the way, clearly defined. The law is so broad, it could be read to bar platforms from suppressing pro-Nazi speech or content that glorifies eating disorders. According to the Wall Street Journal, both laws require platforms to explain in detail why posts are removed. Companies could face stiff government penalties and lawsuits. Republicans are clearly upset with what's gone, uh, with, with what's happened uh, with some of these social platforms in the past. 
they've been censored, they've been deplatformed, uh, they've they've clearly been uh, you know shown a bias against them, and they are fighting mad. And so in Florida and Texas, they've written these two laws ostensibly to protect free speech, but in all honesty, I don't see this as protecting free speech. I think this is unconstitutional, frankly. This doesn't mean that, you know, that I'm in favor of what, you know, they've been doing uh, to Republicans or conservatives. I'm, I'm not. But it's their platform. They should be able to do with them as they please. I honestly, I, I'm... I am willing to bet dollars to donuts that Florida and Texas lose this uh, this challenge of the Supreme Court. Uh, Net Choice uh, makes uh, the Wall Street Journal says a strong case that the laws abridge First Amendment speech rights by restricting the editorial discretion of platforms. Well, I think they're right. Republicans need to either come up with a platform that they trust on their own. And, I, you know, when you look at what Elon Musk has done with Twitter slash X, you see that it can happen. I think Twitter's done a pretty good job, or X, uh, with letting the right have its say. And I've been arguing this because I watch Josh Hawley going after these groups for the last couple of years, and I've been saying, leave it alone, the marketplace will solve it. Somewhere along the line, the marketplace will fix it. And it's happening. I think that that uh, they're, they're not going to prevail in the Supreme Court. The government cannot tell these tech companies how to edit the content uh, and how to police their platforms. It's it's not, you know, if you value the, the Constitution, you know you can't do this. Come on, Republicans, stand on principle. It's so important that you have a set of guiding principles and stick to them. And clearly, these, these two states, dominated by Republicans, they're not doing that. We've got uh, some uh, some other things that I, I want to cover here, uh, including the Georgia prosecutors. That's next. This is the Gary Nolan Show.